This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Bob Solter, and we shift into a discussion on our program appropriately enough. Today, the 22nd of the month, is actually the end of National Health Care Decisions Week. Dr. Dana Lustbader is joining us on our program she is a palliative care physician with ProHealth New York, which is based in New Hyde Park. And Dr. Lesbader is going to share some information with us along the lines of uh, this significance of this week and um, the importance of having um, a very key conversation, one that I would imagine a lot of people don't like to uh, get into in discussion. And we'll talk a little bit about that because people probably gasp at the idea of even having the decision of what they would like in terms of their future from a health care standpoint if they are in a situation where they're incapacitated. First of all, Dr. Lusbader, welcome to our program. Thank you. Good morning. Now, I said that probably was the reaction. Is that fairly common that people either wince or gasp when this topic is brought up? You know, it, it does happen, but the, the truth is that certainly people with serious or advanced illness want to talk about what is important to them while they're living and for the time that they have left, whatever that may be. So most people, especially if they have a serious or advanced illness, want to talk about what's in store for them, what they want to accomplish. Um, and those that are healthy without any illness at all often want to make sure that if something were to happen to them, the things that are done to them medically meet their values and, and preferences regarding how they live their life. So that might be an initial response for some, but we certainly know that with people who have serious or advanced illness, over 90% of them want to talk about it with their loved ones and their doctor. But what we know is that only 30% actually do. So we know that most people who have advanced illness do want to have these conversations, but they're not having them. Okay, then I guess what's what's the problem? Is it something as simple as just getting the conversation started? Exactly, and I and I think there's been a lot of movement nationally toward having more conversations. Um, Atul Gawande's book, Being Mortal, has helped with that. There have been a lot of other initiatives in the public light that have just started this conversation and normalized it, really. But it is something that's very important. And we spend a lot of time thinking about lots of other decisions in our lives, where to live, where to go to school, what to major in, in college perhaps. But we we should also spend time thinking about what would happen and who would help make decisions for us should there ever come a time we can't. Is there a way that you can share with folks listening to us that almost like a way to, to get the actual conversation started? I mean... Sure. So let's just imagine a, a, 
a mother and daughter having tea or breakfast or something of any age, and let's just say the conversation goes something like this. You know, Mom uh, was listening to a radio show, and they were talking about National Healthcare Decisions Day, which uh, is a time when people think about who might make decisions for them if if they can't. And I was just thinking about it myself, and I was just wondering, you know, what kinds of things, Mom, are important to you as you get older that are so important to you, you know, life wouldn't be worth living if you couldn't do them. So, you know, for me, Mom, it might be uh, reading a book or going to the movies or hanging out with my friends and recognizing them. And I'm wondering for you, what what matters to you that makes life worth living? Seems like such a simple way to get the conversation started. Because, again, you're taking... Really, the way in which you phrased it, I thought was perfect because it takes a sense of pressure off. You know, it's not pressure on you and asking the question. It's not like you're being probing and asking the question in any way. And it also creates something which you're opening up. You're treating it more like a dialogue than anything else. You know, and that's exactly right. It, it is a dialogue, and it's a dialogue over time. And it, it's really a conversation about what matters most to people at any stage of life. So we want to avoid talking about dying and death and machines and tubes because that really misses the point. Mm -hmm. The point is, how do we live the best possible life we can with whatever conditions we are faced with? And that conversation is what needs to happen at every stage of life with, with the person who might make decisions for you if you're ever in a position that you cannot. And the idea is that if you plan today, there can be a certain level of comfort tomorrow. That's exactly right. And not only is there comfort for the person with the illness because they know their wishes regarding medical care will be followed, there is also a sense of comfort and uh, less anxiety around making decisions for the person who's been charged with having to make those choices for their loved ones. So they will feel more confident. They will know what their person, their loved one wants and values regarding health care, and they'll be able to make good choices. There is nothing worse. There is no more uncomfortable situation, I would say. And unfortunately, I have been through this personally than to be in that situation where there has been something tragic that has happened to a loved one and you're making critical decisions, literally on the spot. And the reality is you haven't had that conversation or series of conversations. And, of course, everything you're doing, you're second-guessing. Um along with the fact of just the sense of feeling pressured. I mean, it's a role that no one should be in. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And we know that family members who have been in those positions often suffer from anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder afterward because they weren't prepared. You're exactly right, Bob, that these decisions are often made in a crisis in the ICU or in the emergency room. And these are the worst kinds of places to be stressed and making these decisions. And then if you're not sure what your 
your loved one would have wanted because you never had these conversations. It's, it's even more stressful, and the stress can linger for months or even years in the survivors. And so that's why it's so important that we have these conversations early, that a healthcare proxy is completed so that everybody knows who might make the decisions for someone uh, should these situations come up, and then that these conversations happen over time, especially if someone has a serious illness. When you look for somebody to be an advocate, if you're in a situation where you're um, incapacitated or unable to um, make decisions for yourself, what is it that you should be looking for as qualities of that advocate? It's a great question because it's not always your domestic partner or spouse. Sometimes they may crumble if you get very ill or sick. So you might select someone else who you think could handle pressure or even represent your views. There, I have many patients who maybe don't appoint their spouse, but they appoint an adult child or a good friend because their values are maybe different than the person they might live with, or they know that if they were to get very, very sick, their domestic partner, for example, might not be able to step up and make those kinds of decisions in a, in a crisis. So you want to select somebody who knows your wishes and will be able to help in medical decision-making at a time when you're not able to do so. Where in this whole process does one's doctor or physician um, fall into the discussion? Because, you know, talking with the advocate is one thing, but your doctor also needs to know what your wishes are. Yeah, that's right. And so that's especially important if anyone has an advanced illness. So if someone has advanced emphysema, COPD, which is a lung disease, or heart disease, or cancer, or advanced dementia that's progressing. But for people who have advanced progressive diseases, these conversations should be occurring with the doctor regularly and every time there's an, an acute or clinical change where things have gotten worse, like being hospitalized for that condition getting worse. Those conversations should happen with the doctor regularly so that your wishes can be noted in a medical order uh, so that they can be followed. It's very important that for people with serious and advanced illness, conversations happen over time. For people who are otherwise healthy, a healthcare proxy is what should be completed and a copy should actually be given to the doctor Another copy should be given to the healthcare agent, the person who's going to make decisions for you, and then you should keep a copy yourself. These documents should not be put in a safe because then they are not available when needed. And in terms of the information with those documents, it is important or is it not important to have this literally written down? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I, I I think what's most important is to appoint a healthcare proxy and make sure they know your wishes and what is important to you. More in the conversation, as you mentioned earlier, Bob, where you tell them what matters to you and you know you want to be able to walk and or or read a book perhaps or watch TV, whatever it may be that matters to you. And if you lose those abilities to enjoy mint chocolate chip ice cream and you know watch a TV show that you really enjoy or recognize your grandchildren. If you're no longer able to do those things, then you might tell your advocate that life wouldn't really have much value for you, and then decisions would be made accordingly. 
that's the kind of thing you have conversations with your, your advocate about. But the form, the healthcare proxy form, is really all that is needed. If, though, you have an advanced or serious illness, there are other forms that are required, that are medical orders that can actually be followed. When we're talking about um, the idea of an advanced care plan, part of the discussion also needs to talk about this area of what's referred to as life-sustaining treatment. Okay. And again, a lot of people do not like to talk about this or even think about this, but it is important to have the discussion because it really comes down to, I guess, first of all, getting a sense of how the person feels even about that topic. Yeah, exactly right. And life-sustaining treatment means being in an intensive care unit on a breathing machine. Um, and when we say life-sustaining treatment or life support, that's usually what we're talking about is being in an ICU, an intensive care unit on those kinds of machines. And there are times when those machines work really well and people come off of those machines and recover uh, from an accident or an acute injury or something that was temporary and they, they get better. But then there are other times where people might have advanced and terminal disease like advanced cancer, for example, or something else like dementia, advanced dementia, and maybe those machines wouldn't provide a quality of life that is valued by that person. And that's where the healthcare proxy needs to know what matters most to that person. That if that person says, look, I want to be able to recognize my grandchildren or my children and friends and live independently, then perhaps going on those kinds of machines or even going to an ICU in the first place would be contraindicated. It wouldn't meet their goals, and therefore they wouldn't want to do it. When do you get to the point of actually having a discussion about whether it's appropriate to or when to stop life-sustaining treatment? Yeah, and, and again, it, it's always it's always preferable to, to have these conversations ahead of time so that Many people, for example, don't want to die in a hospital or an ICU. And so the sooner these conversations happen, the more likely it is that someone with serious illness can get the palliative care they need at home where they live so that they would never even need to go to an emergency room or hospital. That's really the ultimate goal for many people. They value being at home, puttering around in their kitchen, being with their loved ones, being with their dog or cat at home. And so going to an ER or hospital would be maybe the worst thing they could imagine because they know it wouldn't provide them a quality of life they value. So we would try to provide palliative care at home for those people. But then there are some people who say, look, I'd like to have a trial of that, maybe for a week. Let's see if we can overcome this issue. And they might have a short trial of going to the ICU or life support. But all of these kinds of decisions really depend on the exact situation at the time, which is why it's almost impossible to talk about those specifics until they actually happen. And so the healthcare proxy form allows for, you know, appoint someone who would be able to hear what's going on now and make a decision that you might make if you were hearing the same thing. We're talking on our program, an interesting discussion with Dr. Dana Lustbader. She is a, a palliative care physician with ProHealth New York, which is located in New Hyde Park. And she is talking with us about um, this topic of health care decisions. 
And it's an important one, uh, this idea of making sure that your family knows your health care wishes. One of the things that I was thinking and preparing for this discussion today, too, is the idea that um, I guess it's important for someone who is in a situation like we're talking about to be able to express um, things that they would want people who are close to them to know before they pass on. Um, is that an appropriate question for an advocate to ask? It is, and I think maybe the question might be, you know, Dad, tell me what matters most to you. What gives your life the most meaning? Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes, you know, even though we might know people very well, we've never asked a question like that. What matters most to you each day or what gives you pleasure in your life right now? Um, if someone has an advanced illness, it's especially important to ask, you know, what are you worried about right now? What gives you pleasure right now? Because that will help the advocate make choices that really uh, meet meet their loved one's needs and, and make, make better choices if you ask certain open-ended questions. What gives life meaning for you right now? Maybe you remember what gave them meaning 20, 30 years ago, but a good question to keep asking as time goes on is what what gives life meaning for you right now? What is so meaningful to you that if you couldn't do it, life wouldn't have value? And that will then help the advocate make decisions later on regarding the other medical treatments you, you had mentioned. All right. One of the things that I also had thought, uh, Dr. Lesbader, is is there um, some sort of a, a resource where people who are listening to this discussion today who are touched by things you're sharing with us um, perhaps could go and it would serve as kind of a resource for them as they try to put together an approach that moves in the direction we're talking about? Yeah, there's, there's a very good website called caringinfo.org, caringinfo.org. And on that website, you can download uh, each state's healthcare proxy form for free. You can download that because every state has their own, and you can print it out. And usually the two pages that you need for designating an advocate for you are there. You complete it. You just put their name and, and date, and you then give them a copy and have a discussion with them. Let them know you've selected them. Usually you pick a second person in case that other person is not available, and you give them a copy as well. Give a copy to your doctor and one for yourself, so you'd make four copies. And that's really the, the start of good advanced care planning. So it's caring info, and that's all it's one word. That's right. Dot org. Yes. Okay. The big takeaway messages for people listening to us uh, as we wrap up our discussion, what would they be? I would say everybody over 18 uh, who has the capacity to do so should complete a healthcare proxy form. They should go to that website or ask their doctor for a healthcare proxy form and complete that. And pick someone that you know and trust and who knows your wishes and values regarding how you live your life uh, and complete that form. And then secondly, if you do have an advanced or serious illness, talk to your doctor about what matters most to you so that you get the care you want and value.
Dr. Dana Lustbader, palliative care physician with ProHealth New York, based in uh, New Hyde Park, talking with us on our program. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. There's more of The Sunday Magazine. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.